Welcome to the Game Rage Music Show. back again this is all gas no trash episode 26 26 hot diggity damn 26 episodes later here we are once again as always my name is josh i'm here today with good buddy co-host adam howdy well really it's i'm actually good buddy co-host you're you're probably i'm not really the hype man i'm more the uh, you're the content. You're the beef. All right. I'm, I'm just the hype guy. That's, I'm, I'm just the Jim Ross. Yeah. I'm, yeah. I'm, the, I'm the bombastic character that doesn't really know much about it, but technically does because I'm an artist. So I'm like Jerry the King Lawler. So, yeah. you know, technically I'm, I'm, you know, that's, that's who I am. Anyways, got some interesting things to talk about today. That's for sure. We sure do. <clears throat> so as always though, if you want to, Check out our website, GameRageMagazine.com. I feel like it's important to fucking just plug that at the beginning. <laughs> and at Game Magazine on all the social medias. Thank you. All right. Anyways, what do you got today, Adam? All right. Do you want to do yours first and then we can just Oh, do yeah, yeah. Thing? That's a good idea since, I mean, while I was talking about being an artist, all right, with, with, with good old Millennial Frog. Yeah. I will say it has been mind-boggling to see how this shit works. And I like, I'm just one dude, right? I could totally understand how people would just fucking quit. If you're a band or whatever, and there's four of you or five of you and you're trying to get shit going. And it's, it's just so much fucking work when you're by yourself, when there's no one to do all of this dirty work for you, which essentially is what I basically see as the label or the management. That's, this is like, I'm doing everything right. And, and as an quote unquote independent artist or whatever you want to call it, mm-hmm. It is up to me to make sure that everything happens. I don't, I, there's nobody behind it. And with that also being said, though, I do think that, like for me with Millennial Frog, now me talking as Josh, not as Millennial Frog, all right, because I'm, I'm just being Josh right now. I do seriously believe that this is what separates those who make it from those who don't. And it, it really has nothing to do with talent. Because honestly, at this point, I, I don't really have any talent at all. I'm just making shit up as I go along. And I'm doing it because it's funny. And I think, I think it's, I think it's, I think the stuff I make is entertaining for me. It's a case study in how to be an artist. Basically, yeah. And, and I think it's funny. And I, it's like the Rick Rubin thing. I'm doing this. This is my art. This is me doing it for myself. I'm not doing it for anyone else but me. Mm-hmm. And so I, I literally give no fucks if anything happens. This is honestly just another character that I have created that I can use in any of our things that we do in the future on top of it. So, but if you actually have talent, you shouldn't give up. You shouldn't quit. Cause I, I mean, listen, it's hard. This, okay, iTunes and Spotify. Fucking A. I've been trying since when did I launch the first album in like November? <laughs> I don't, I don't I, know. I've yeah. been trying since November of last year to get the artist page for Millennial Frog on Spotify and iTunes because now this is this is honest review, honest opinions. Okay, I don't. No one's sponsoring us. I just want to let make that clear. 
But everyone, it's no secret that I use CD Baby as my like distribution source, right? And I pay my $9.99 and my album goes out on literally everything. So the problem though with that is the one thing where CD Baby, where I like a lot of things they do, one of the things that they lack is they lack in assisting you with getting this fucking handled. And they also lack any sort of recourse when it comes to you getting copyright stricken. So I've been copy of this is just, I own, well, Game Rage Magazine LLC owns everything that Millennial Frog has made, right? I mean, they technically own the the concept of the artist himself. They own everything, right? It's a character. They own it. Well, we own it. So how come when I'm on TikTok or Instagram and I post songs from Millennial Frog, I get a DM from Instagram or TikTok saying, hey, you're posting copyrighted work. You can't do this. You piece of and, shit. And basically says, I've been given. So I, I send them a thing back and I say, hey, just FYI, I own this material. If you would bother to actually look it up, Millennial Frog is owned by Game Rage Magazine LLC. This is the Game Rage Magazine Twitter and ins- or Instagram, whatever account. How is it that you're saying that I am committing copyright fraud? So, they, and then they tell you, if you keep doing this, we're going to sue you or you're going to be sued is what they keep saying. <laughs> so I'm like, by who? <laughs> I own it. <laughs> Who's going to sue me? Am I going to sue myself? I'm waiting for the day that I get served with a subpoena from like maybe CD Baby or somebody saying, hey, you've been using this artist's. Because I've also told CD Baby because they're the ones that are supposed to be they insert it into the, the algorithm or whatever of whatever the thing is for the musical rights stuff. They, they're the ones who put it in there. So that's how this shit even comes out as copyrighted is because any song that I do through them, they upload into a database that I guess YouTube uses. But what's funny is YouTube, all those songs and shit are on YouTube. Everything's on YouTube and YouTube hasn't said shit to me, which they are the one that is, from what I've seen, the most restrictive when it comes to content. And using copyrighted stuff. So YouTube has said nothing to me. I've, I've received nothing. All the shit's on YouTube. You could easily see it, play it, whatever. No one, YouTube apparently doesn't give a shit. But for some reason, every social media, including X, fucking takes my shit down as a copyright strike. I message them. I get nothing. I get nothing in return. No response. So then I hit up CD Baby about, hey, what is it that we can do about this where I can put, can I get my own accounts greenlit to be essentially not hit up on the copyright thing and I get no fucking response. So I understand how difficult it could be because as I'm trying to promote this, cause I'm, like I said, I'm doing a case. This is a case study on how to be an artist. So I can't, it's hard to really hard to promote your own music. If you, you can't actually put it on the things for free for people to hear. If you can't put, if I can't put it on Instagram or TikTok in a, in a 30 second reel for somebody to hear a preview of it, what's the point? I, I can't advertise myself. And it's, again, we own it. So what the fuck do you mean? It's ridiculous. And so, but though, but one of the things is I finally got into the artist page. They finally approved it. It only took, you know, four fucking months or whatever. But I finally got approved by iTunes and Spotify to be in charge of the Millennial Frog artist page. So now I'm hoping maybe I can send like a screenshot of that to TikTok or Instagram and be like, look, I... I'm the artist. I, I stop copyright striking my shit. Yeah, honestly, I don't even care if anybody else uses it because fuck, it's just free advertising, I guess. But 
and I don't necessarily need royalties from it. I just, I just want to be able to use it myself. That's all I care about. And it's funny because if I wouldn't have uploaded this shit to iTunes or any of this other shit, if I wouldn't have used a distributor, well, you have to use a distributor, but if I was allowed to do this myself, I probably wouldn't be in this situation right now because my shit wouldn't be getting searched for in copyright violations, essentially, because I'd be the only one putting it up. So no one would be doing it upon my behalf because that is, I guess, something that's included in the $10 that you pay to have your shit released through CD Baby is they make sure that no one's ripping your shit off or whatever, that they're just using it without any, you know, with, with just... It's not free use, I guess. Even though, I mean, CD Baby's aware of this. All my shit is free. None of it, none of it, I charge for none of it. It's all free. The only way that we make money on it is through streams on Spotify or uh, Apple Music. And again, it's, I don't know, I don't know what the number is for Spotify, but for, for fucking iTunes, it's 0. .007 something something cents per, per stream, stream yeah. basically. So it's very frustrating it's very aggravating not being able to get access essentially to your own shit or use your own shit. Yeah. Cause I made these promote. Cause I was also thinking about making new, like making songs and stuff to use, like maybe new intros and stuff for these things. And I was going to say, Oh, done by millennial frog. And then I was going to cheat and use one of the albums this year as just all of our theme songs. But then I'm like, I can't do that. Cause then all the podcasts are going to get taken down. Cause they're going to say it's copyrighted music. So I was like, well, that's I'm not I'm not willing to risk that fucking happening. So uh, that's that's out. But I don't know. It's fucking ridiculous. <laughs> um, so, yeah. So my message to everyone that's out there that's listening, just don't give up. It's it's frustrating and it's hard. But and this is the type of shit that someone who is maybe more focused on creating the art than it is running the business side of it. That's something that's going to be a barrier to entry for for most of those people. But just don't give up. Keep keep pushing. Eventually, and maybe maybe just don't release your shit on iTunes or whatever or through a distributor because then then you're gonna get, you're gonna have this problem that I have. Maybe it's easier if you just put it out yourself and don't do it. Or like because I see it all the time on Instagram with these fucking bands. You know those they make those videos that say, "Oh, day three hundred of posting until someone who likes corn disturbed and whoever." sees my my song or whatever and they have the song playing right they're they're attached to a label they're not independent they're so the label's handling all that bullshit and has the connections with the music rights organizations that that fucking handle this copyright shit to make sure that their accounts are greenlit and that's it so i don't have we don't have that option right now so maybe maybe never will but at this point it doesn't really matter because you know i'm still gonna keep putting them out and i guess the shit that i make is just gonna only be but what's also funny None of the podcasts have been fucked up because all the albums are out as podcasts. They're all out as a podcast and each song is its own episode. And I've heard nothing about that. So I don't know. That's weird. So it's like a pick and a choose type thing. And that's also makes me wonder about the state of the whole copyright algorithm in general, because again, I mean, Frank is probably a super expert on this shit because he fucking knows all the shit about YouTube, but YouTube from my understanding is like the most restrictive essentially. And they have said nothing to me. So I, you know, again, it's, it's, is it picking and choosing who it fucks with? Is it deciding based on listeners, video, whatever, before they do anything like that? Whereas Instagram, the one that Instagram and TikTok uses says, oh no, the second you post something up and it recognizes it, no dice, your ass is out of, your, your ass is grass, you're out of here. So I don't know. It's interesting though. 
you have any thoughts on that? <laughs> yeah, I think I do. Yeah. Um, I hope artists don't feel discouraged that they're making seven cents on their music for every stream that they get. Yeah. Because I'm going to segue this into possibly oh, nice. the next segment. Which is uh, Universal Music Group has decided to pull their artists from TikTok and wrote an open letter about why it's problematic to them and in general to the music industry. Uh-huh. And I'm thinking, you know, these guys make a pretty good point, but I see these guys fighting for every fucking cent. When artists think, ah, well, shit, it's only, I'm only making zero, zero cents or zero point zero zero seven cents. What's the big deal? Right. These guys are fucking, I want every fucking dime I can get. Universal, I think Universal's like saying they want, I don't know what the rate is on TikTok, but compared to Instagram and uh, maybe even Twitter uh-huh. or, or whatever other social media platforms are getting less than that. So that to me just says, even record labels are fighting for every fucking dime of every stream of everything. Because as much as people don't think those pennies, those pennies of pennies don't add up. They well, do. shit, man. Point zero zero seven is like, what is, what is that? Seven hundredths of a cent? Wait. Per stream? Point zero zero seven. Yeah. Thousands. I think it's a thousand. Oh. Tens, thousand, tens, hundred thousands. So it's a thousand, it's seven thousandth, thousandths of, <laughs> I can't even say it, seven thousandths of a, of a cent. Yeah. And it's, that is literally the definition of nickel and diming to the fucking maximum degree. Yeah. And yeah, I mean, it's not a lot. And, and I'll say this, we've had, a, I've had, we've had a pretty good success on iTunes with a bunch of streams. Yeah. You need 7,000 downloads to make a dollar, right? Basically. Oh, 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 so I, I've, we've had, I don't know, several hundred and we've made, I think we're up to like 28 cents or 30, 30 cents now that we've made. So, I mean, you could do the math. I mean, yeah, we've had several hundred downloads, but yeah, nowhere near seven fucking thousand or whatever it is like Jesus, or maybe it's 0.07 cents. Maybe it's seven hundredths of a cent. Cause that would probably make more sense as to why it's 21 cents. Cause we've had a, several hundred, not cause we'd have to have probably several thousand in order to get to that 20, 30 cents or whatever. Cause it's almost half, but yeah, so it's maybe it's seven hundredths of a cent actually is probably what it is. But yeah, it tells you the rate on there of like how much it is and shit. And it's fucking ridiculous. Yeah. And God damn. But yeah. Well, so, so what's up with the universal thing? I'm just going to read this thing. All right. Just read it. Okay. Yeah. I won't interrupt. We'll, we'll hold my, my statements till the end. All right. This is universal music group Mm -hmm. An open, the the open letter is titled an open letter to the artist and songwriter community. (laughs) Why we must call on TikTok or why must we, why we must call timeout on TikTok? That is the title. Okay. Our core mission is simple to help our artists and songwriters attain their greatest creative and commercial potential. To achieve these goals, our teams employ their expertise and passion to strike deals with partners all around the world. Partners who take seriously their responsibilities to fairly compensate our artists and songwriters and treat the user experience with respect. One of those partners is TikTok, an increasingly influential platform, influential platform with powerful technology and a massive worldwide user base. As with many other platforms with whom we partner, TikTok's success as one of the world's largest social platforms has been built in large part on the music created by our artists and songwriters. Referring to Universal Music songs, yeah. Yeah, and songwriters. 
Its senior executives proudly state publicly that music is at the heart of TikTok of the TikTok experience. And our analysis confirms that the majority of content on TikTok contains music more than any other major social media platform. The terms of our relationship with TikTok are set by contract, which expires on January 31st, 2024. In our contract renewal discussions, we have been pressing them on three critical issues, appropriate compensation for our artists and songwriters, protecting human artists from the harmful effects of AI and online safety for TikTok's users. We have been working to address these and related issues with our other platform partners. For example, our artist-centric initiative is designed to update streaming re- remuneration? Is that a typo? Renumeration? Looks like a typo. Huh. Is that right? Well, remuneration is a word. Renumeration is a word, but remuneration? Maybe they typoed it. Wait, remuneration? Remun- oh, that's... M-U-N? Yeah, that's a word. Uh, it means money paid for work or service. Remuneration. Oh. Hmm. All right. I didn't know that. Yeah, well, did I. Word of the day. day. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, let's see where I left off. Uh, shit, I lost my place. Let's see. Remuneration. Remuneration model and better reward artists for the value they deliver to platforms. In the months since its inception, we're proud that this initiative has been received so positively and taken up by a range of partners including the largest music platform in the world. We've also moved aggressively to embrace the promise of AI while fighting to ensure artists rights and interests are protected now and far into the future. In addition, we've engaged in a number of, in a number of our platform partners to try to drive positive change for their users by extension, our artists by addressing online safety issues. And we are recognized as the industry leader in focusing on music's broader impact on health and wellness. With respect to the issue of artists and songwriter compensation, TikTok proposed paying our artists and songwriters at a rate that is fraction of the rate that similarly situated major social platforms pay. Today, as an indication of how little TikTok compensates artists and songwriters, despite its massive and growing user base, Rapidly rising advertising revenue and increasing reliance on music-based content, TikTok accounts for only about 1% of our total revenue. Ultimately, TikTok is trying to build a music-based business without paying fair value for the music. On AI, TikTok is allowing the platform to be flooded with AI-generated recordings as well as developing tools to enable, promote, and encourage AI music creation on the platform itself and then demanding a contractual right, which will allow this content to massively dilute the royalty pool for human artists in a movement that is nothing short of sponsoring artists replacement by AI. Further, TikTok makes little effort to deal with the vast amounts of content on its platform that infringe our artist music. And it, it has offered no meaningful solutions to the rising tide of content adjacency issues, let alone the tidal wave of hate speech hate speech, bigotry, bullying, and harassment on the platform. I don't know why they felt like they just had to throw that in there. <laughs> you want to know why? I, well, we'll go get to it in a second, but go ahead. That's yeah. just shit fleeing for... Yeah, it is, that for no reason. That wasn't... Yeah. The only means... The only means available to seek the removal of infringing or problematic content, such as pornographic deepfakes of art... Whoa! 
So uh, somehow I didn't read that the first time. Yeah, I must have just blanked. skipped over it. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> Holy shit. That is amazing. Wow. Uh, let me read that over again. The only means available to seek the removal of infringing or problematic content, such as pornographic deep fakes of artists, is through the monumentally cumbersome and inefficient process, which equates to the digital equivalent of whack-a-mole. But when we propose that TikTok takes similar steps as our other platform partners to try to address these issues, it responded first with indifference and then with intimidation. As our no- negotiations continued, TikTok attempted to bully us into accepting a deal worth less than the previous deal, far less than fair market value, and not reflective of their exponential growth. How did it try to intimidate us? Intimidate us by selectively removing the music of certain of certain of our developing that seems like a typo by selectively removing the music of certain of our developing artists yeah somebody fucked up there while keeping on the platform our audience driving global stars tiktok tiktok's tactics are obvious use its platform to hurt vulnerable artists and try to intimidate us into conceding to a bad deal that undervalues music and short changes artists and songwriters as well as their fans. We will never do that. We will always fight for our artists, our artists and songwriters and stand up for the creative and commercial value of music. We recognize the challenges that TikTok TikTok's actions will cause and do not underestimate what this will mean to our artists and their fans who unfortunately will be among those subjected to the near-term consequences of TikTok's unwillingness to strike anything close to a market rate deal and meaningful address its meaningfully address its obligations as a social platform. But we have an overriding responsibility to our artists to fight for a new agreement under which they are appropriately compensated for their for their work on a platform that respects human creativity in an environment that is safe for all and effectively moderated. We honor our responsibilities with the utmost seriousness, intimidation and threats will will never cause us to shirk those responsibilities. The end. Hmm. Well, that's a very interesting fucking letter. There's, there's a bit of, uh, Political maneuvering in there. There's a bit of smoke screening to essentially be playing the victim because let's be honest. Universal Music Group doesn't give a fuck about what their artists get paid. They give a fuck about what they get paid, right? That's that's what this whole thing is about because under no circumstance do they directly pay all those royalties to the artist. They take a cut, 100%. And if you're also you know, managed by Universal Music Group and your fucking, they're your label, right? And then also they're maybe everything else that you might have, then, well, they're taking even more cuts out of everything. It's kind of like the Live Nation deal where they're just taking cuts out of all the shit and you get left with a pittance. And sure, maybe that's why the artists are getting pissy because, yeah, they're left with essentially a pittance after everything gets taken out by their label. So that's why Universal Music Group is like saying, hey, our artists are getting pissy, essentially. We want them to be paid fairly and compensated, fairly compensated, but we're not going to do it. You're going to be the one that needs to do it. So you're going to have to pay the difference. We still need to make our whatever. I mean, this fucking thing that I just looked up says TikTok pays three cents for each new video in which your song is played. So every song that gets played is they, they get three cents. Every time your song gets used in a video that's posted three cents. Uh, 
So, and it doesn't say, I mean, and, that, and listen, that's kind of fair because most of them are like 10 seconds, 12, 15, 10, to, 10 to 30 seconds, right? So they're not using a whole shit ton of the song. Hell, that's more than what iTunes pays for an entire fucking play of your song. Now, granted, it's not getting all these views, but like still the principle of the matter is, yeah, it's three cents. So you're getting three cents per, per deal. They're probably giving the artist 0.07 cents for every, every one of those uses or whatever and keeping the other 2.3 cents for themselves, I would imagine. It's probably how the deals works or something similar to that where they're getting maybe a third and then the label or the rights holder, which is the label basically create, you know, keeps the, the majority. So... Also, the thing about the deep fakes, that was very interesting as well, because then you're really just playing the victim now and you're really playing up to the audience or the fan base that we're just looking out for our artists. We, we just want them to not have deep fake porn. And here, I don't know where you stand on the whole deep fake porn thing, but it's fucking that, that is a crazy fucking thing. Those deep, even not even just porn, but just deep fakes in general. Mm-hmm. And. It's one of those real fucking gray areas for me. I'm not sure in terms of pornography. Yeah, I think it's probably a little. That's where it gets real fucking weird. I, again, I'm as you as you well know, and it's well documented. I'm a I'm a in favor of more freedoms than less freedoms. But that's kind of where the line starts to maybe get drawn is like, eh, you probably shouldn't be able to post videos of people doing porn stuff. Oh, man. If man. they're doing like the ones of, of Biden or Trump and they're doing the AI voice and the, and the AI defake thing. Right. And they're just talking shit. That's hilarious. That's that should be allowed. I don't think I don't see anything wrong with that. Now, maybe as we go into like the deep fake song version of uh, the Evanescence song, Bring Me to Life, and Cartman is the voice. I mean, Jesus Christ, they're pissing off. I mean, by doing that, you're basically stealing Cartman's voice. You're stealing the lyrics to the song, the composition of the, the song. composition of the song. So that's also a little bit, you know, I don't think maybe you should be able to make money on that. But I also don't think that you should be disallowed from creating that. Sure. I can agree with you not being able to monetize it. That's one thing. But saying that, hey, you can't even create this at all. Eh, I don't know. It's a little fishy. But anyways. Them talking all this shit to me is just them trying to play the victim. They're just it's throwing the on, best, dude. It's it is. The, it is the best because it, it's like a, the equivalent of uh, a mobster that runs a town, right? Yeah. Everybody, everybody that's in the town is an artist or a right. citizen or a resident of. This, yeah, yeah. So they're essentially the bully, but they're trying to bully the other fucking the other bully. Yeah. You know, because, yeah, it's like, uh, I guess, what you know, with the Vietnamese here in Orange County mm. is that they come here and the Vietnamese mob. Oh, yeah. Expects uh, uh, some kind of payment. Yeah, protection money. protection. Yeah. So that's what a record label is. They're, They're protection. Yeah. To make sure that nothing happens to you, but they can make things happen <laughs> to you. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. You're, you're, pay, you're basically, the protection money is you're paying to protect yourself from them. Yeah. That's, that's what you're paying. Stockholm syndrome. For. Yeah, essentially. And one of the also interesting things, if you look at this from a business perspective, it's interesting to note, okay, China or, TikTok, obviously, it's very well documented. It's owned by ByteDance, which is 
10 well, foot. Which, well, ByteDance is technically the parent company of TikTok. ByteDance. But they're owned by whatever, ten, they're, Tencent. Yeah. yeah, it's like a parent company. You know, it's that whole China China thing where it's a, a parent company of a parent company of a parent company that owns whatever. But at the end of the day, TikTok is essentially run, or not run, but owned by the Chinese government, right? That's essentially what it, it basically comes down to. And so it's funny because Universal also has their own division that's just in China, Universal Music Group China. And when you do look at the numbers that at least are published that I've been able to, I was able to find while you were kind of reading that in terms of numbers for TikTok, yeah, TikTok has about a billion users or whatever, a billion unique uh, users, but it's not, they're not like the biggest. Instagram has more, they have 1.4 billion users. YouTube's got 2.2. Facebook's got 2.9 billion. So I'm not sure what, the numbers are because I can't find anything on what they what their deal is because I've been able to find the public thing of it's three cents but I don't think that's that's for everyone else that's not in a deal I think so I'm sure their deal is a lot is different it's not it's probably not a base that's like the base rate across the board for people who aren't represented I I feel like or if you put out a song and it gets used like if Millennial Frog put out a song I'd get the we'd get three cents if it was used in a video so Shit, maybe that's why they keep copyright striking because they don't want to pay us three cents a fucking video. But them doing this and then saying, hey, we want more money. I think it's I think there's something to do with like with China here. Cause because again, it's very weird because because now Universal Music Group is essentially putting its its business interests in China at risk by telling TikTok to go fuck themselves and making them look bad. Well, that's going to obviously could potentially, I wouldn't say obviously, but it could potentially hurt the revenue that TikTok brings in, right? Um, because if the majority of all, all the articles I've been reading, oh, TikTok goes silent, this, this, and this. Universal pulls its, its artists from you know TikTok. And so now you can't use any songs, basically, because pretty much all the artists on there were universal artists, I supposedly is what it, some, some things are saying. I don't know how accurate that is. But let's say that was all they were using was just universal music group artists. And now you can't use music at all on TikTok. Is that going to hurt TikTok? I mean, the main purpose of TikTok in its infancy, that's why it's called TikTok, or not, not why it's called TikTok, but it has the, the music note as the, the symbol, right? And the original intent of TikTok was to be a karaoke app where you could karaoke and like sing along with the songs. That's like what the original purpose of TikTok was. And then it turned essentially into a social media app where you can just take those same songs you were karaoke and just add them to shit. And, and it was very easy and accessible. So now where TikTok has become essentially a social media juggernaut, is it going to hurt them? I, I, I think they think it, it's not going to hurt them. Otherwise they they're that's they, they're like, eh, fuck, whatever. We don't care. Write your stupid little letter. Eh, we don't give a fuck. And then what's going to happen even further, I think, is with this whole thing with China. Now that China China's going to say, hmm, let's see what Universal has going on here in, in China. Oh, shit. They got their whole, they got a whole industry here in China. Man, let's start fucking up with, let's start fucking their shit up there. Let's start regulating the shit out of them even more than we already probably do. Or since maybe they pay us protection money, because that's kind of how it works in China with the companies. They pay the protection money to the government and then you don't get fucked with. Whereas, eh. Now it doesn't matter what they're paying us. We're going to fuck with you anyways because we can. So I feel, I don't know, maybe Universal might be, and I'm not saying it's right for them to not do this, but because I do think that at the base face, (laughs) at the face value level of this whole thing, 
it appears that obviously Universal Music Group wants their artists to be fairly compensated, right? That's what the whole gist of this letter was. Yeah, we kind of realize, and you can see through the lines, they want to be fairly compensated. But at the base value of that, they want their artists to be fairly compensated. So they at least feel like they're fighting for the right reason. And I'm not saying they shouldn't be fighting for that because that's a noble cause at face value, right? Notwithstanding what they're really after, but that's a, that's a noble cause to want your artists to be fairly compensated. So are they willing at the end of the day to potentially blow up some of their businesses in China or have them be hurt? Because now whatever you were getting before, I'm sure it was pennies, but now you're not going to get that at all from TikTok. You're getting zero from TikTok now. So you just kind of undercut some money. And if TikTok doesn't come around to saying, okay, let's make a deal because if this does, if this isn't going to hurt TikTok in any meaningful way, then they're not going to come around and negotiate. And then what's going to happen? Universal is going to have to come back with the tail between its leg. Hey, yeah, we know you were paying us like, you know, several, you know, it, it was pennies on what we should have been getting, but it was several million dollars in revenue that we were getting every year. So man, Maybe we should, maybe we should just, let's just go back to the old deal, guys. Come on. I don't know. Who knows what's going to happen with that? But it's interesting to just note how these things happen. And it's kind of like a union, I guess, right? They're, they're take, the Universal Music Group is taking the stance of they're the artist union, right? That's basically kind of, which is totally a farce. That is the, that is the biggest pile of horseshit I think I've ever seen. Because they're not a union because they don't have the artist's interest at heart at all. There is, in my opinion, the only interest they have in the artist, and again, I'm saying this in my opinion, is their artist to be successful because that makes them money. Once you're no longer viable for them, they're not going to dump it. They're not going to fuck with you. They're just going to be like, oh, sorry. So they're not going to be looking out for your best interest at all times. There's, they're still at every point looking out for their best interest. It just so happens that you doing well is also in their best interest. So you're, you're getting hooked up until then. But like I said, I don't know. I don't know. We'll see where it goes. But hey, what are, what are your thoughts? I've been talking for, for a minute here. Sorry. Uh, I don't know. They took a lot of digs. Uh, the whole, I I, <laughs> I must have glanced over that deep fake yeah. pornography stuff. because that's, that's a big I, one. That did not, my first reading of that did not click. But it is funny to read that because, uh, well, I guess it's not so funny, so funny in the comedic sense. It's more in the, haha, that's disturbing yeah because <laughs> <laughs> that is that should be a genuine concern that say there's a 17 year old artist like a jocka team mm-hmm. that there's been there's deep fakes there's deep fake pornography of a 17 year old girl and it's being distributed that would be concerning oh yeah definitely well uh, that's also something that's kind of a concern now just in general with this i mean i don't know about if it's an like animated or, or hentai porn or whatever that's that's like a, been a thing where they're trying to say, well, okay, you're going to have these drawn images depicting children doing things. Yeah, I mean, it's not real children, right? So there's that aspect of it. But also, you shouldn't be fucking doing that. That should not be allowed. Even though it's not real children, mm-hmm. still shouldn't be allowed. And that's the same thing with, yeah, some some artist who's maybe underage. And cre- even an adult artist, if they're famous, and I, I really... I don't want to say this for a fact, but I have to believe that the Taylor Swift thing is a big fucking motivator. That that's the whole reason they put that deep fake thing in there. Cause there were deep fakes of her online and they were strolling around on TikTok. They were going around on everything. There were like deep uh, fake porn videos of her. Okay. Now I don't know how TikTok Cause I felt that TikTok already wasn't allowing straight porn on the thing. Like you couldn't show straight nudity. I feel like that's, that's a violation of their terms. 
So it's almost as if I'm sure those things would have gotten taken down already just because of the algorithm would have caught it saying, Hey, this is, this is not allowed nudity or porn or whatever is not allowed. So you can't have this. Um, so I don't know how true that is. Um, cause I mean, I've seen it on there, but I don't, I haven't seen it lately. So I imagine that it mostly gets scrubbed. Maybe it takes a minute, but mm. you know, that's kind of hard to, to, to make sure it gets, cause once something's on the internet, as we know, it's out there. It's on the internet forever. You're never going to truly erase it. You can do your best, but you're never going to get rid of it. So I just can't believe that they would throw that fucking shit in there. And, and I do think it just makes them play the victim even more saying basically, cause, cause let's be real. The, the process, cause the, the process they're talking about with getting things removed, that honestly really has nothing to do with their monetary compensation. That's, that's a totally separate issue. So they're just trying to pile on as many things as they can to make TikTok look bad. Yeah, it's and, a char- like character assassination for a large yeah, company. Cor- yeah, a large corporation, essentially. And again, I do feel that this whole Taylor Swift thing is highly motivated by it because she is one of their artists. And, it, you know, if that's something that they're... She's being pushed even further into the stratosphere of fame even harder especially now with this whole nfl fucking nonsense that's been going on with her and travis kelsey or whatever it's just becoming bigger than it ever could have possibly been and so if they're going to try to protect that and capitalize on it now's the time that's probably why this whole thing is happening now it's weird how it's very convenient how the timing of this happened with you know this whole oh well, Taylor Swift is going to be on every fucking channel. Well, not every channel, but whatever. What's Super Bowl on this year? Channel two, whatever. Whatever channel it's on this year, you know that she's going to be featured a lot on that show. Every time they're not actually playing football, I'm sure they're going to be showing what Taylor Swift is doing in the audience or in the box or wherever she's at. So thus just bringing even more attention to Taylor Swift, thus benefiting Universal Music Group, basically. So... It's very interesting to see that this, oh yes, the deal did did end January 31st. That's not suspicious, but it's convenient that they're choosing right now to really step down on the neck because they're going to say, look at all these views that Taylor Swift is getting and you can't use her music (laughs) because you know that TikTok would be getting a shit ton of activity for the Super Bowl and posting Taylor Swift songs because again, this is maybe off topic, but if you want it, but relevant, but if you want to talk about the NFL being rigged, right? You got Travis Kelsey. If he wins, if he wins the Super Bowl and Taylor Swift is there, she's going to come down to the field. They're going to have their fucking little moment. They're going to kiss and they're going to do all that stupid shit, right? There's going to be a billion TikToks with that fucking Taylor Swift song. Uh, it's a love story. You know that one? Like it's going to be that. It's, that's what's uh, going to happen. I'm telling you, that would have been the thing that would have driven them with user interactivity or whatever oh man tiktok would have made a shit ton of money being able to sell their advertisers <laughs> look at all these look at all these user whatever tiktoks that are being made about that ah, we're awesome i think she won uh album of the year tonight as well on the Grammys. Oh, also convenient yeah so who is she going up with? well i mean i guess we could talk about that when we get to the yeah Grammys, we can look but, that up later yeah but uh but back to this thing yeah it do you think that what do you think the solution is going to be like what do you think the outcome 
to this. I didn't is. even get to finish. Oh, all, all shit. Stuff. Sorry. Go ahead. Yeah. Continue on. My bad. Yeah. So uh, the deep fake porn stuff. Interesting. Because <laughs> I feel like that is probably a problem that needs to be remedied at some point. I don't know how that. Yeah. That's going to work. Um, and then there's the part about songs being morphed and changed with like remixed or whatever just changed completely with the some of the stuff you were talking about cartman doing oh, an yeah, yeah. song because it's so it, it, it is relevant in that uh it's an old song right yeah so now they're saying okay people are making these morphed versions of songs with ai voices and stuff and then they're putting it on the platform then collecting yeah money money or whatever the money off of it that is that is rather crazy for that to happen because it it's the person that should be benefiting the most should be the artist who originally created itself but now people are making parodies and doing weird versions and uh it's it's far removed from the original but the person that should be benefiting it should be benefiting is not going to get the benefit of it at all altogether so that that's just kind of that's rather strange and i mean dude the likeness part i mean i'm sure that is crossed major record labels minds that it's just somebody else doing it to them but i'm sure that shit has crossed their minds that they're going to be used it's probably going to be some bullshit in the contract, if you are signed to a major record label, that your likeness is, is owned for all time. For all time, your image, your voice is going to be turned into an AI voice. Oh, yeah. And they're going to create new music well after the fact that you're dead. It just happens to be that TikTok is enabling that right now. To the if common they, man. they don't get to control it. And that's what they're butthurt, in my opinion, what they're butthurt about. Yeah. So yeah, the common man is able to do that now. Where you're right, I do think that's that's accurate. That that's why they want to stop this now because they're going to be the ones. It's like that. Uh, if anybody, it's like that Chappelle's show line when he's like, "If anybody's going to have sex with my sister, it's, it's going to be, be me." me. Yeah. Like, that, that's what it is. If anybody's going to screw our artist, it's going to be me. And they're going to be the ones to capitalize. I mean, with that that Beatles song or whatever that was all AI basically. I don't know who made that, but. I mean, shit, I'm sure the record labels are just whoop doggy. Or, or there was a DMX and uh, somebody made a DMX and uh, uh, what's his name? Tupac song. And man, it was good. And it wasn't the record label at all. It was some some fucking just random guy that made it. And it was good. And I, and I think that's really got their wheels turning as to we can introduce not only a new generation to this music that doesn't really download it or maybe... Uh, maybe it's just the old heads of people that have been listening to Tupac or DMX that are going to be continuing to listen to his music. But now they're saying, Hey, we can capitalize on this by, we can make new albums featuring DMX and we can make it, put it out. We'll get all these new people to listen and all the old idiots might listen to. Oh man, we're going to make some. And guess what? You probably don't even really have to pay their estate if there isn't one, because if they weren't, if the artist wasn't smart enough to have set up essentially an estate, that could collect the 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 what do you call it? It's the uh, the royalties. Mm. Then where who defaults to the, the the label? It defaults to them as collecting all the royalties and keeping all the money and stuff for themselves. So that's another dangerous 
thing about AI. And like you said, it's them saying, oh, we're mad about this because we should be the ones doing this and taking we, advantage. We yeah, we haven't capitalized on it exactly. Uh, so I'm sure that's a problem that's going to occur in the future for future artists that eventually sign to any major record label, whether that's Universal or Sony or uh, can't think of the other one. But, oh, Warner, Universal Warner and Sony. That yeah. that is going to be an occurrence in the future that maybe you're maybe you're making a contract with the devil in the future about your likeness and how it'll be utilized by AI eventually that your whole entity, your essence. I mean, it'd probably be your voice, but uh, maybe even your image likeness uh, can be used in advertisements or. Yeah. Uh, what the heck is that? Oh, it's the cat. She's she's been having weird dreams lately. Like all day today when she's been asleep, she's been like meowing in her sleep and like twitching and <laughs> it's fucking hilarious. Yeah. So anyways. Um so yeah, I think ultimately, yes. Universal is taking a stance that is right. But it's yeah. only convenient for them. They can only take the stance because they have the means to do so. They have the money to fight. TikTok on this and everybody else just kind of is uh, riding the coattails of this thing. I mean, not that anybody's going to directly benefit off of it, but it somewhat indirectly affects them because how this ultimately plays out is going to dictate what the repercussions, what the effects of this will be on the music industry as a whole. Yeah. But it just directly influence, influences universal music and their artists and songwriters. So, uh, I don't know what the solution if you if since you brought that question up what do you what do I think the solution is? Yeah. I don't fucking know. <laughs> <laughs> Man, that's Yeah, I I don't know what the solution is either or if there is a fucking solution to this at all. But you know what's crazy? Do you know who owns Taylor Swift's fucking music catalog? Well, no, I don't. It's this company called Shamrock Holdings, and they're apparently the private equity firm that was founded by Roy E. Disney as the Disney family's investment firm or vehicle. And so it was it's based out of California here, and they they Shamrock, bought it. What? It's called Shamrock Holdings. They purchased the rights to Taylor Swift's music because Taylor Swift's music was originally purchased by uh what's his name? Scooter uh, Braun. Yeah, Scooter. Yeah, Scooter Braun or whatever. Or Scott Borchetta. Yeah. They 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 purchased ownership of the masters of her first six studio albums. Yeah, that's why she's re, re she's gonna re-record them. But then essentially and that's what's crazy is do you have would you have to change certain things about them? Like the know, melody can't represent, I think, whatever. So it's gotta be like new it's, it's gotta be different enough to because then they I think whoever is holding the rights of the music could say, well, this sounds like what that song we yeah. own. Right. You need to pay us our fair share of royalties. Uh, I think that'd be, uh, I think that'd be mechanical royalties. Mechanical royalties are like the composition of the song itself. If it, if it's, uh, and that's why that's the crazy part, man. Is, yeah. Uh, Cause then you get, Music itself, if you're going to sample anything, is like a fucking minefield of just paying out money out of your ass uh, to use like a five second or 15 second portion of a song. 
you have to pay money in advance and then you have to say well in addition to paying money uh we'll, we'll give you the royal the mechanical royalties because yeah. you're owed it for being the original the original, the original song. creator or yeah, whatever yeah. yeah so that's why uh i think when you make a song that's a cover i mean half the money you, you, okay, you get performance royalties, which which is the performance of the song, the the song itself. Yeah, you you made that. That's you. right. Yeah, that's all you. But the part that they get you on is the mechanical, which is you didn't create that song. So if I did a cover of a Smashing Pumpkin song, if I did uh, Zero, I did a cover of it. The performance royalties would go to me, and then the mechanical royalties would go to Smashing Pumpkins or Billy right. Gordon. Yeah, so. It just it just turns into a minefield because then in the future, if you wanted to work with somebody, like if you wanted to sample, if you were doing a rap album and you wanted to pay, uh, who the fuck knows, uh, James Brown's estate. All right, thirty grand, and we want you got to discuss the terms of the deal for that. Mm. So that's just <clears throat> that's already putting you in the hole for making the music itself, just yeah. because you want to use this five fucking second sample or something jesus christ you know this this whole taylor swift royalties thing just goes even deeper and and with the fucking okay conspiracy theory time so scooter braun when he fucking bought those uh the 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 rights or whatever for the taylor, masters yeah the, the masters, masters right yeah. when he bought those it was essentially done with money and supported by the carlisle group which the carlisle group is a very prominent investment corporation that generally backs a lot of political candidates the conspiracy theories is that they were very connected or they've been connected with the Saudi Saudi Arabian family they've been connected with the bin Laden family in terms of uh you know having uh what's what I'm looking for uh you know things to do with them and so it it's it's a very it's a very also politically active they fund they're like the what's the one that uh is the democrat one that's the big the guy who Soros, George Soros, right? His investment firms, they fund a lot of the left candidates. The Carlisle group funds a lot of the right candidates. And so essentially when Scooter Braun sold the thing to the Disney, uh, the whatever it was, Shamrock Holdings, he kept a clause in there that still allowed for, it, it, there's no details of it, but the clause is essentially that it's still allowed that he will make money. He'll make profit on everything going forward. And I'm sure there's also something in there in terms of, okay, this Carlisle group also making money because they're the ones that fronted the money for him to buy the fucking shit. So I'm sure, and if you look at all this shit with Taylor Swift being in the spotlight, there's an election coming up. If the people who control her masters essentially are, if an investment firm that has to do with funding political candidates is involved, hey, Taylor Swift, you want your fucking masters back? And not have to re-record everything. Oh yeah, we'll do it. But uh, you're gonna need to go on TV. You're gonna need to be boyfriends with uh, Travis Kelsey, and you're gonna need to want to say uh, you should vote for a certain candidate or some bullshit, right? Like that leads to the conspiracy theory aspect, where it's like, huh? Again, interesting timing. Why Universal Music Group is putting this at that time when Taylor Swift is at the height of what do you call it? Not popularity, but spotlight. I guess maybe is the right word. She's highlighted more so than than normal because of this Super Bowl nonsense. So again, it just it just adds to the conspiracy theory factor of it. I think Adam Shaggy's head doesn't don't care. care. <laughs> don't care about the conspiracy aspect. Yeah. Well, anyways, I just thought that was interesting. But yeah. So 
yeah, like you were saying though, I don't think there is a solution for this. <laughs> I, I think it's just going to end. It's, uh, it's probably not going to hurt TikTok at all. And it's probably going to end up not even really hurting Universal Music Group at the end of it either. So it just would have been better if they came to a deal so people could use the shit on TikTok. I yeah, guess they just right? both of them would, could stand to gain more money if they just put their yeah differences aside. Really, and that's kind of what's interesting about the whole thing is to me, uh, would I rather make no money or would I rather make some money? Maybe again, a little bit of money is better than none. Mm-hmm. And sure, you don't have to get a huge fucking bump but shit whatever money you were getting off of this has to have been decent and whatever additional user interaction that tiktok was getting i'm sure was helping them pump up their money that they were getting from other advertisers and stuff or investors or whatever you want to call them so yeah now you're both just hurting each other you're hurting yourselves by not doing this so i yeah i'm sure nobody's gonna give a shit and they're just gonna fucking go their separate ways and just be done with it or maybe they will come to a deal in a couple of months and say all right you know what we're both being stupid let's just you know Let's just make a let's make a deal that's not super amazing for either of us, but it's it's better than no money altogether, you know. So that's probably what will end up happening, I think. But anyways, all right. What else you got? You got any other? Uh, yeah, uh, I don't know if this is going to turn into a whole conversation, but I'll give it its due at least. Is uh, so the Grammys happened today, and I was I was supposed to be withheld from mentioning this at all for to not jinx the moment but lana mack somebody that we interviewed as our first interview for the without censored podcast true story uh went to the grammys because there was an artist for the management from the management of cosmica uh gabby moreno who has uh i'm 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 guessing that it didn't hurt that she had some highlights throughout the year. And I think most of them in 2023, uh, one being she sang at Dodger stadium for Guatemala night. Second, making an appearance at the president, the, the white house. Yeah. Third appearing on Jimmy Fallon in doing a duet with, uh, Oscar Isaac, old old Poe Dameron, Poe Dameron over there. (laughs) And Moon Knight. Uh, Yeah. So I know that doesn't technically have anything to do with the music itself. Cause if it's yeah. anything to be graded on, or if there's a reason you should be winning a Grammy, it's because of the music itself. Yeah. But I don't think it hurt to have oh, those yeah. three or four things. Cause that's a great campaign PR wise. Oh have yeah. All that shit lined up leading up to the Grammys. And it doesn't necessarily, like I said, it doesn't necessarily have anything to do with the music itself. I mean, I guess technically it does because she did perform yeah, once yeah. on television with Jimmy Fallon, but everything else it's like, well, yeah, I don't know how the Grammys work, but in the voting process, don't they do this like months in advance of the voting? Right. I don't know. I think they do. I think that's now they just keep the winner to themselves, obviously. And they don't say anything, but cause I think they send out the, the ballots or whatever to the people involved and they send it out, which also, <laughs> it was funny because I was actually debating figuring out a way that we could get in as a Grammy voting thing because you just have to be somehow involved in music. Like, it doesn't matter really what you do, but you just have to have someone that is in, quote unquote, the industry nominate you. Mm-hmm. So I was trying to figure out a backdoor way that we could, <laughs> we could get, 
somehow get nominated. Yeah. And then we could actually vote on the, like we could vote as an organization at the Grammys, which would just be kind of cool to fucking do. But, um, yeah, I think the voting ultimately, I mean, as many people theorize that it's, it's a closed door thing. Yeah. And, uh, it's basically just, record labels fighting over which one of their artists is going to be the tops <laughs> yeah who threw the most money at marketing to to win for an artist to win album of the year and as we saw taylor swift is the uh artist that won album of the year so yeah conveniently i mean okay it belongs to one of the larger true yeah. record labels so uh but nonetheless this is the conversation about lana mac and true abby moreno so she went to the event, and as I came to find out on the number of articles that have been published with the winner's list, Gabby Moreno won Latin pop album, which is cool because, I mean, uh, I mean, good for them. It's a small record label slash uh, management group that got their due that probably, I mean, from what she was saying, she wasn't ex- they weren't expecting to win it at all. So uh, interesting. And then uh, Lana Mac, I think also was supposed to be taking pictures, I, I think at, at the event itself. So uh-huh. reinforcing my belief that we are curating great people for our podcast and our anything music related that absolutely we, we doubled down on somebody before all these things are happening. So, uh, just cool to see and hear about somebody that we know going to the Grammys and uh, it, it, we're just giving our, the, the moment it's due it's flowers. Yeah. So I don't know if I have anything more to add than that. I mean, yeah, I, I would, I just want to, you know, not that fucking our my opinion means anything, but I mean, I just would like to congratulate her. I think that's a hell of an accomplishment to be essentially one of the driving forces behind that artist. Yeah, and she, to be involved to the level that I know Lana is involved in, mm-hmm. and yes, congr- Gabby Moreno did did the did the work in terms of making the song and do, you know doing all that and having the excellent performance that and making the excellent music that got the the win. Mm. Uh, but I just think it's a, to me it's a team effort all the way around, all the way around. Yeah, and this is it's a contribution. Of, I mean, she made the ad within Billboard magazine. Yeah, for the Grammy nominee. You know they like they take ads, and right? Like, yeah, like, this artist is in consideration for a Grammy, and then they take out. Yeah, she made that, so she had her hand in it. And there are more things to come out of her that I also have heard, but I'm not going to mention because yeah, yeah. I'd rather see these things actually come to fruition, and not me just uh, dilly dallying and and, and and gossiping. Like, <laughs> I just rather let the things unfold as yeah. they should, and then once we cross that threshold, then, then we can talk about it. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, so that's awesome and that's that's fucking amazing and it's uh oh for those of the people that were wondering about the Grammy voting, it starts on December 14th and ends January 4th. So it is in advance. So yeah, yeah. they wouldn't know that they were going to win or whatever, but it is interesting to see that them her doing all those things don't I don't know if they really cuz I don't know when they happened or whatever, but it doesn't necessarily correlate necessarily maybe to voting, but it creates a great fucking storyline. This this young artist that's you know up and coming or whatever you want to call it, and with this record label that's kind of you know, 
I don't know what tier they're in, but you know, they're not they're not a huge one. They're small they're more on the boutique side, and yeah. I and I don't think Gabby Marino is on the young side. But oh no, she's yeah. not. Oh well, whatever. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know shit about. But whatever. You've got well, either way. You've got an artist. You've got this storyline. She goes on all these shows, and now you've got that PR campaign. That's that was the point of this was the PR campaign and then creating this storyline, and then holy shit, you actually win the thing. What a great payoff! Oh my god, it's almost like the WWE should take a fucking lesson from uh, fucking seriously Cosmica management. And artists, uh, artist management, well, artist management and record label that in order to uh, get a uh, a payoff that matters, there has to be storytelling. Yeah, it's got to be a story. It's unheard of. Yeah, it's ridiculous. I can't believe it. I can't believe that in order to make a story that makes sense with the payoff, you have to tell it and you have to right. have events and things. Yeah. Otherwise, <laughs> otherwise the story isn't, doesn't exist. It doesn't mean anything. Finish the story. Yeah. Agreed. Well, you can listen to the game rage wrestling podcast to hear all, all our thoughts about that. Oh my God. That nonsense. If I you're in wrestling, I feel like we should do, I think we should, maybe we, we got to do a wrestling podcast yeah, after this. Cause I, I agree. I'm, I'm reeling from this shit. The Cody Rhodes. Oh, and, yeah. So am I. I'm so pissed. I think we need just I get it all out. I was going to say that. Yeah. I was going to say that. And then. Yeah. Yeah, anyway, all right. We'll talk about it after because this is a all music right, podcast. Right, yeah. But anyways. All right. So. so next, what, yeah. What else we got? What other topics you got on, on the list here? Um, So I wrote down this topic called. <laughs> just, uh, you know, you know, when you write things when you're when you're half asleep and <laughs> sometimes it doesn't make sense. I wrote yeah. this down. I'm thinking, what the fuck? does this mean I'm like, oh yeah oh yeah so <laughs> oh, I, now i remember yeah, yeah so before i came here i was trying to piece together why i wrote this fucking down so music movements happen at the bottom i wrote that trying to piece together and it came back so essentially what it boils down to is last uh last night before i went to sleep i decided well i watched the original godzilla and then i watched paris is burning this documentary about drag queens and balls uh not not balls like testicles. Yeah, but, yeah, but like you know, yeah. like like ballrooms well, and yeah, you know, dancing and, such, and things. Yeah. yeah, with music. So it, it's also about uh, trans trans uh, individuals and stuff. And I'm yeah, just, I, I'm like, I've kind of been meaning to see this. I need to understand the uh, the perspective of the LGBT community so that I'm not just being stupid about what I say or anything like that. And I wasn't even necessarily looking for this, but. And I kind of understood understood it in a in some weird way because house music house music is in, influenced by minorities and the LGBT community, right? Yeah. But what I came to find out is that the dance known as voguing came from the gay community. Hmm, interesting. And so it that, just it just made me think of Madonna. Well, because she did that song, Vogue, right? She has right, a whole Vogue. song about it. She basically capitalized on something that was happening in the underground scene with drag queens and the gay community. And I'm thinking, shit, man, anything that happens in terms of meaningfulness or anything that happens in music that matters starts at the bottom. And then there's people that just kind of crop, cultivate, yeah, pop culture or things that are happening that are hot and just now it's mine. Now it's mine. So and, and I'm not trying to put down Madonna or anything, but look, dude, she took she took something that was in the gay community within the drag balls. Yeah. 
and said, I'm going to make a song around it. And maybe it wasn't even necessarily her. Maybe it was her and a bunch of writers that thought, hey, this is what's happening on the street in the streets of New York. Yeah. We need to capitalize on this and we need to be the front runners on it. Like, even though it was already happening. So, yeah, I think there's other instances of that. And I think to me, um, I, I maybe this is tangentially related, but I've been thinking about this artist named Olivia Rodrigo. Okay. Who made this whole like punk pop rock album. And, uh, she got called out because I think uh, there was some something about one of the songs that felt too close to something that Paramore did, right? And then eventually, I think they sorted it out. Now she's going to pay some type of uh, like money to her, or whatever. like yeah. royalties or whatever the fuck, uh, as a result of that discovery or whatever. But there's people, in my opinion... There's people that are just cool, and then there's people that have a facade. And oh yeah, okay. <laughs> and Olivia Rodrigo, okay, portrayed herself within this thing she did for her album that she that got nominated for a Grammy, right? Yeah. And I don't believe any of it, and not that I have to believe in in any of it. But when I think of artists like Young Gatita or Sedona that just make music, that they're the creators and writers of their own music, and they just radiate cool. Yeah. Then this person at the top is just kind of putting on the guise of being cool. Oh, they're co-opting cool. Yeah. And I'm just thinking, fuck, man. Everything that happens that's interesting in music is not at the fucking top. It's not the Grammys. That's that's a jerk off show for record labels to say who had the better artist, who could spend the most money to for their artist to be album of the year, song of the year, artist of the year. Yeah. yeah. And all that bullshit. Anything that happens that's meaningful music is at the fucking bottom, like the ground level, the grassroots shit. And that's why I think I don't care about top 40, because I've said it a thousand times already at this point. But <laughs> but I mean, me talking about on episode one, the punk scene in Australia, I was yeah. saying that Melbourne and. Uh, the Golden Coast, which I think is kind of it's either a county or maybe it's what is equivalent of a, a state in Australia. Oh, OK. Yeah, yeah. I can't remember which one it is specifically. I, I feel bad about. Yeah. yeah. But, okay, but it's much, around yeah. Sydney, roughly right. around Sydney. Right. It's Golden Coast, Sydney, that area. There's things happening in punk. Nobody's talking about it. I mean, there's a few people that are <coughs> doing it in small blogs and shit. Yeah. And it's happening, and I think it's going to bleed eventually to the mainstream in some regard. I mean, there's a few artists that have been featured on radio stations and shit, but that to me is interesting. I mean, Green Day is still parading around and doing fuck all fuck. Who the fuck <laughs> knows at with what at this point? Because I mean, they've retreaded the same themes, and yeah, it's just overdone, and it's. Nonsense. It's nonsense. But they capitalized. They capitalized the punk rock movement in the 90s. And they have, you know, carried themselves well into the 2020s at this point. Christ, for almost, it's been 30 years almost, basically, that they've been around. But they're not what's there to me. They're not what's interesting about punk rock itself. They just they're just the zenith or they're the zeitgeist of the. Yeah, they're the zeitgeist of the punk rock movement. But they're so stale and boring that nobody. Theoretically, nobody should give a shit. True. But there are people that are drones that want to buy into well, it, which yeah. is cool. Go ahead. Because it's top 40 punk music. Yeah. That's what it is. It's, it's what is it? Uh, catering to the lowest common denominator. 
and it's accessible. It's popular. It's, you know, so. Yeah. So I, I don't know. Would you got anything to say about that? I mean, I know I kind of deviated from the original thing about being uh, Vogue. And Vogue is not what I see in terms of like what Madonna did. Yeah. That was for... That was for money. That was yeah, for profit. Right. Vogue is a, it's got a little bit more of a meaning. It's it, according to the uh, LGBT community or the gay community, uh, there there's this thing called shade. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. So when they do it, it, it's like it's like fighting. It's like it's dance fighting almost. It's yeah. dance fighting more or less, and it's without throwing hands. And you're supposed to do all these poses like uh, supermodels and stuff, and ultimately people decide which one is the best. And there's even um, like a thing they do where they have their palms open, like they're checking their face in the mirror, like a yeah. pocket mirror. Oh, yeah, yeah. And then you're supposed to push it on to the next person, like your opponent, saying that they're fucking ugly. And then, <laughs> and then you're like, and then you like, you know, it. it's it's like a way of being condescending without actually yeah, yeah. fight. So there's more meaning to the original Vogue than what is portrayed on you know, Madonna song for the visuals. So yeah, I, I don't know. What, what do you, what do you, yeah. Think well, about? okay. So I, I was just curious about what voguing, I, I just looked it up and man, that started in the sixties. Okay. The 1960s. So even further back, it started in the sixties and then it became essentially, it was from Harlem ballroom culture. It was, it was danced by <clears throat> African-American and participating Latino gay men. That that was where it got through this from the sixties through the eighties, and essentially, it it was, it was demonstrating that aspects of identity can be fluid, like race, gender, sexuality, all that stuff, and it's yeah, it's essentially from my reading, yeah, it's dance fighting, it's it's dance fighting against your opponent, and then the audience chooses or the judges choose who is the victor and who did it better, and it's crazy that literal white bread madonna took this thing that was popular amongst essentially a very small minority culture not just being latino and african-american but the gay versions of them even being a smaller portion of the minority and saying oh man that's interesting oh man i should do something about this I, i could do something with this and then just I mean, in the video, it's it's not even or in, not in the video, but in the song and, and in the video, I guess her, her like the dance movements are not even that aggressive. They're very. I it's don't like want to bastardize. Yes, that's what it is. It's a it's a bastardized version of the actual dance and the movements itself, which to me would have been even more interesting if she would have had like dance battles and all kinds of crazy shit. That yeah. would have been even better yeah. if it would have been hardcore like it was. But then it had to become accessible to people that were it had to be. What's the word I'm looking for? Not provocative. Yes, it had to be tamed. It had to be be watered down for the masses to fucking accept it and to be. Imagine imagine how much the. Imagine the betrayal from the gay community today (sighs) to see that on television. That's our shit. Yeah. I I imagine that there must have been some kind of backlash afterwards. Now, I think Madonna has been very pro and friendly to the gays, right? But she still made money off of it. I mean, that's true. Well, I mean, let's be real, though. Let's look at how many people, how many people did she hire or who did she get? Because someone had to teach her how to do this shit, right? Yeah. Someone had to be a consultant. Okay, so there is a dude 
uh, he's in the documentary uh-huh. uh, Paris is Burning. His name is something ninja. Uh, let me see. <laughs> something ninja. Uh, ninja. Paris is Burning. Ninja. Dude, the fucking names on this thing. Pepper Labelia, Venus Extravaganza, Octavia St. Laurent. Yeah. Carmen Extravaganza, Willy Ninja. (laughs) What a great fucking name, man. Yeah. And then basically whatever house you get adopted into, because a lot of the, uh, the, uh, People in the gay community are like displaced from their original family. Yeah. So once you get taken in by a family, you take on the. I mean, you, you actually have to be. There's like a rite of passage, right? You can't just join a family, right? You have yeah. To prove your worth, but at the very end of it, you become. Your last name becomes the household oh. name. So if it's like, what, what were you saying, extravaganza? Extravaganza, yeah. Yeah. So then you take on whatever your first name is as a drag queen is also, uh, your last name is. The house you belong to. So if it's extravaganza, you you belong to the house of extravaganza. Yeah, yeah. Damn, that's crazy. That's the guy cool name, the fuck, guy's man. name is it, Willie. It's like gangs too, man. It's like yeah. it, dude. Okay, not not to get off topic here, but what what if you made a gangs of New York style movie, but about the ballroom dude, gay dancers of Harlem? Wouldn't that be a sweet ass movie? Wait, but I think that maybe kind of already exists Aww. with two two Wong Fu. Thanks for everything, Julie Newmar with Wesley Snipes and Patrick Swayze as drag queens. But I've never actually seen the movie. I've never even heard of that. What's it called? Uh, to Wong Fu. To Wong Fu. Thanks for everything, Julie, Julie Newmar. Newmar. Uh, let's see. I don't remember what the... It's an American road comedy. I'm trying to get to some ball, right? Yeah. Oh, it's John Leguizamo is the other one. Yeah. Uh, they go to New York City drag queens who embark on a road trip. Uh, so it's not. It's more of a road trip. It's not about. Gang. I think it's a. It's not about necessarily. They're trying to win in New York City's Drag Queen of the Year contest. Yeah. So I don't think that it's actually about the da- like the dancing. Yeah, give me gangs in New York with gay. And and dude, have a guy that's like the butcher, like the butcher character, and he's just brutal and just fucks people up on the thing, dude. Man, all right, that's nice. I got to talk to Ed about this. This is a great idea. Yeah, this is fucking great. Anyways, all right, so. Mental note. Yeah. I mean, it's going to exist on the podcast. Oh, yeah, for yeah. sure. Um, yeah, make a mental note of that. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> definitely. Uh, so I don't know, man. It just it had me thinking about some other stuff. And because uh, a lot of people say that, I mean, for Elvis, Elvis. Like probably culturally, <coughs> culturally oh, appropriate. Yeah, definitely. Blues, blues music. And uh, I mean, the Rolling Stones, I mean. There's probably been thousands of black artists that they copied and and uh I mean most of those guys weren't half as popular as like the Rolling Stones or whatever, but it just makes me think just because you're first and you do something does not mean you're gonna be the one that capitalizes True. ultimately on the thing itself. Or that you're gonna be the one that ever gets your due for it either. Yeah, that 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 is kind of I devastating. Mean, you can probably just again to tangentially related, but you can probably say about like the blues thing. I mean, blues is probably the father music, essentially, of of what metal is or whatever, because it's it was very I mean, metal is very it's 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 yes, it's hard. It's heavy. But the lyrics are very dark and very, you know, whatever. Blues music was the same thing. They were very about very dark topics, about very, mm. you know, difficult things to deal with. So what? Oh, was Rexy being an idiot? No, I mean, he was like right behind you. Oh, what are you, fucking dog. Yeah. Um. But anyways, yeah, yeah, yeah. That that's an it. What the fuck what was I saying about the 
the blues music. Yeah, but it, just because, yeah, I know some bands like Metallica will say, oh yeah, certain blues artists did influence them. But I mean, that guy's not getting any money off or of Or even rap, rap itself. Yeah, true, right? yeah. That they sample things that are kind of obscure, like old African-American artists that yeah. they'll sample from. Maybe they do that intentionally too, to <laughs> pay the least amount of money as possible for a sample. Yeah. And then they incorporate to incorporate it to their music, but the popularity of the song itself is attributed to the person making it, right? Like the the rap artist or whoever their producer is. Yeah. Maybe it's like Dr. Dre, right? Everybody thinks of that person, but the person behind that sample right, yeah. is an afterthought. Yeah, exactly. And maybe never even gets credited for it really in the long run. And you kind of would hope that maybe and country music does the same shit too. They sample shit like that, like old blues songs or old, you know, uh, what African-American style music. And they they'll sample that shit and then turn it into a country song or whatever. Yeah. And or slightly change it just a little bit. Yeah. And I don't know. But yeah, th- that's the thing that sucks about the whole thing is that no one will ever get their Have their cake and eat it too you know it's like someone else is going to take the shit that you maybe popularized in, in and made it look cool ah they're going to take a bastardized version of it and put it into the mainstream and it sucks because the people like those people that were in the 60s 70s 80s that were doing these dance battles that is the true in my opinion it is the true essence of art art itself because yeah. they were doing it for no one but themselves mm. it was just them their self-expression no one fucking of import saw it it didn't matter that no one of importance saw it. It only mattered that they were there and they were going to just <laughs> compete and do better against whoever they were going up against. And that was the end of it. The true essence of the art form. And then, as you said, you get a bastardized version of it through Madonna, putting it into the mainstream. Yeah. And never those guys will never get their fucking credit. It is interesting, though, that that movie came out the same year that uh, that Madonna Vogue movie came, or the Vogue came out in 1990. That Paris is Burning movie also came out in that same year, 1990. Oh, it and it won the it won some award at the. What was it? The well, imagine that one that the, song was made in advance as well. I mean, oh, it was yeah. released in 1990. Right. But it was probably but it's made. funny that they were both released in because that movie was also probably made a year or two before. But it's funny that they were both released in 1990. So yeah, yeah. it's interesting. And uh, yeah, I mean, it won it won the Grand Jury Prize at the 1991 Sundance Film Festival. I'm not a hater, but yeah. I actually do like that song, though, because it's fucking catchy. It is catchy as shit. That, yeah. Man, Madonna, uh, bro, you can look at my music. Sh- I got Madonna on my fucking thing, a bunch of songs. Yeah. Th- that fucking, sh- she figured it out. Who I don't know if she wrote all the music or if there were other people involved, yeah. which I'm sure there were, but... Those those individuals involved with Madonna, they cracked the fucking Matrix code and figured out how to get everybody to like shit. Because I don't think Madonna had a really a failure of a release ever. It was all just music that was super poppy, super catchy. Everybody fucking loved it. And it cracked the code. Good for them. Yeah, and then she <laughs> released that fucking song. I think it must have been the 2000s. That was a sample of uh, ABBA. Every something in I'm caught up. It's a gay anthem uh-huh. because it's disco and it's Madonna. So, I mean, 
They, it, they, they, yeah, that's yeah. what happens. Well, anyways, uh, yeah. so I, the one thing I wanted to quickly mention was oh, that uh, that guy Willie Ninja that's in the Paris is Burning yeah. documentary. It's so cool because he mentions that. So he was one of the I don't know if he was like the architect of uh, the Vogue itself, but he was one of the people that refined it and made it great and everything. Yeah, he was a he was a choreographer, or he wanted to be a choreographer. By the end of the documentary, like a year. Uh, I think a year in the future of when this thing was filmed and put together. Uh, I think it was like a retrospective of within the documentary. He was looking back retrospectively, um, but he actually became a choreographer for like other artists, like oh, pop cool. culture itself. Like he manifested that shit. Like he said he was going to do it and, and he, he did, it. did it. Yeah. And that's I'm fucking like, sweet, man. Yeah. And that, but the, the thing fucking ended on a real tragic note. Oh, that like man. Some, somebody, uh, one of the five people that they were concentrating on was strangled to death. I'm like, Oh, that wasn't a very optimistic. They should have ended with the guy becoming a choreographer. Cause that was kind of one of the more compelling stories within the documentary itself. Yeah. Uh, but they ended, they fucking ended on the, the, uh, one of the people, one of the five people within the documentary itself getting strangled, which was kind of sad. That is pretty sad. Who's the one that got strangled? Um, so this, I forgot their, I can't remember their name, but this person just straight out looked feminine. I mean, I mean, they dressed in drag, right? But they were yeah, yeah. super feminine. They were kind of describing their experiences uh, about being approached by men and eventually being taken home by men. And one of them, one of them saw that this person had a dick or yeah. penis and started calling him the F word. Yeah. yeah. Not, not our F word, but the, the one that's offensive to gay people. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Wait, what do you yeah. mean not our F word? Like, fuck? Is that what you're saying? You're, yeah, you're, you're saying not fuck? Like, oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. But the other one. Yeah. The one that's the offensive one, to gay yeah. Okay. All right. So then. I thought there was another F word that was referred specifically to us. I was like, wait, what are you talking about? Yeah. <laughs> yeah no. Uh, so. She was ending up in precarious uh-huh. situations where she was straight men were finding out that she was actually male. Yeah. And then who the fuck knows if she ran into the wrong person that was interested in her and turned out to be, you know, somebody that is, identifies as female, but is actually male biologically. And they just, fuck you, you're dead. And that was the end of it. So I don't, they don't say what the reason was, or if there was a motive for the person that killed this person in the documentary, but yeah, they just they just straight got murdered. That is fucking crazy, man. And you know what sucks too? I was looking up Willie Ninja because I thought, man, that'd be a cool guy to try to talk to. He died at forty five years old, man. Did he die of AIDS? Yes, he died of AIDS. Oh shit, AIDS related heart failure. A- so AIDS, AIDS. It says AIDS related heart failure. Oh, AIDS related yeah, AIDS. heart failure. Yeah, yeah. That man, seems, that, sucks, that seems dude. telling of the times. Yeah, of course. Yeah, I mean for sure. But man, that just that sucks, dude. Yeah. Uh let's but Yeah, he danced in two of Janet Jackson's fucking videos. I mean, shit. He did a lot of stuff, man. Yeah, I mean, shit. That dude probably influenced many of the dance moves. I mean, Janet Jackson, I mean, there's somebody there Okay, so here's another topic about the Grammys. Jay-Z was pissed that his for as many entitled motherfucker dude. Yeah. Jay-Z made it known on the Grammy stage that his wife has never won the album of the year, even though his wife has, I think is by far the most winning, winningest uh, Grammy award winner. Like she has 
yeah. the, to- the, the total the number. High- yeah, the highest amount of Grammy wins, right? But he had to made it. He had to make it known that she's never won the album of the year. I'm like, what, who? Who fucking cares? That is she's true, won a cares. number of Grammys, and this is the one that you're gonna hang, hang your hat on. Oh, yeah, like yeah, that you need to get. You're gonna hang, be hung up on, or this is the hill you're gonna die on. I mean, you already are billionaires. Why do you care about one fucking title? That yeah. that just proves that once you get to the top, or if you are. Greed never stops, dude. It's ultimately, no, it's true. It it's ultimately what it comes down to is greed never stops. Yeah, Beyonce's won 32 fucking Grammys, the most of all fucking time. Yeah. Uh, the next, uh, Stevie Wonder only won 25 Grammys. John Williams. John Williams. Also has won 25 Grammys, oh. which makes for a lot of sense because. Hey, man, Star Wars soundtracks and Indiana oh. Jones, the GOAT. Oh, you know who's won 24 just behind John Williams? Taylor Swift. Fucking Jay-Z. Oh. Kanye also at 24. Yeah. You too as a band has won 22, so that's that's pretty pretty notable. I don't even see Taylor Swift on this. Bruce Springsteen, 20. Aretha Franklin, 118. Yeah, let's see if where Taylor Swift falls on this fucking list. I don't even She's probably got to be in the teens, right? I would imagine. Uh, Shit. They don't even go that deep. Let's see. Taylor Swift. Grammy wins. Wins. Only she could hang her hat on that. She won album of the year. Beyonce's never had that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, she, she won album of the year three times. Sass, shade. So, All tea, no shade. Well, and then, you know, then the whole remember the whole Kanye thing when he came out and said, listen, I'm sorry to say this. You, you did great and all, but Beyonce had the best album of all time. That should have been. You think Jay-Z put him up to that? You think that's how that guy as started? A, as a fall guy? Yeah, he was like, listen, man, I can't be seen doing this, so I need you to do me a hey, solid It worked right out now. for everybody. Everybody paid attention to Kanye more, and everybody paid attention to taylor swift more worked True. out for everybody uh taylor swift has only won 12 grammys so yeah mm, interesting i mean she's been nominated for 52 mm. i don't feel sorry for her not neither do she i she's a, a billion dollars fucking billionaire. Yeah, who gives a fuck, a fuck. <laughs> what was That's me crazy. dude don't cry for me argentina yeah seriously <laughs> <laughs> uh let's see for the most nominations just because i'm curious uh it's it's jay-z at 80, 83 and beyonce or no, now he's got 88. Mm. Jesus Christ, he's not, man. 88 I mean, nominations. I don't even he's think Beyonce's done. I mean, she just oh, came no. out with an album. And who, I mean, who knows when she's going to be done, but by the time it's all said and done, I mean, she's already eclipsed Michael Jackson oh, and, every, and everything everybody. probably at this point. Yeah, She's eclipsed everyone. And honestly, I don't know that that 32 is able to be caught up to. Mm, I don't think so. I think that's like a... Uh, like, uh, who is it? Try, let's go in baseball. Let's go with baseball terms. What do you think? Hank Aaron, well, I mean, without the roids, who's, who's the home run king? That's a Barry right. Bonds number. Yeah, that's I, that's, a, that's a number that's never going to be caught. It's it's yeah. too it's exceeded the limits of normal human fucking possibility, and it's just never going to happen again. So, yeah, it's crazy though. Fuck, man. Yeah. Anyways, I, I don't think I have anything more to add this episode. I think we got. Yeah, we got a lot of good topics. We did. We did get a lot of good shit on this one. So yeah, I'm, I'm uh, happy with this. Give out. I mean, uh, <clears throat> give us a follow and do all that business. Uh, follow me on all gas on trash official. No underscores. Um, on Instagram, not anything else. It's so you, I'm the one stop shop on Instagram. So you yeah. don't have to go anywhere else. You don't have to go anywhere else for all your musical needs. And then if you want other things, if you don't, if you don't want just music and you want other stuff, the one-stop shop for all the other things is at Game Rage Magazine. 
dot com dot com and at Game Rage Magazine on all the social medias. And you can follow us there and, you know, see all of our cool shit. So anyways, thank you for joining us. Without further ado, we will go ahead and uh, say goodbye. And thank you, guys. Catch you on the next one. That was the Game Rage Music Show. Thanks for listening.